you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast. SoCal's number one Delaware tribute band. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. I got to say we have uh, to get some new money tags. We got to get some money intros. Uh, I feel like we've hit in the recycle bin a couple bit, t- couple times. This we did, and uh, I will. Week. I did send out a call to arms on our Twitter. Use the hashtag money tags. You've sent in some great ones. We're going to add our own, and we're going to have Matt Moneysmith record some new ones next week. But keep sending them. Keep sending the good ones. I've seen some great ones so far. Um, what else? Also on Twitter, a lot of positive feedback about Spice Rack. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is Spice Rack's Twitter handle? We should help him out. It's like. No, no, you should say what it actually is. (laughs) You don't even need to help him out that much. He hasn't tweeted in three months. I went and checked. I was going to follow him, and he never tweets. So I thought, well, it should be like at the spice rack. Yeah, obviously, start a new one. It's time for him. It's time for him to brand himself. If he wants to get back on the show, he's got to brand himself and just be prepared for you know. He sent me a bunch of texts last night. He was. He was a little down in the dumps at first, but I think, you know, once I told him that the listeners liked it, he was. He I thought it better. was great. It was great. His okay. Twitter handle is at Brad underscore Marquee, M-A-R-Q-U-E-E-L-V. Yes. That's terrible. I'm a little concerned about his emotional state and the fact that he's, at, you know, in the course of 24 hours, been very high maintenance uh, in terms of Wes's friendship with him. No, he hasn't been high. Okay, well, just so he's all over the map emotionally. I like he's it. Up, he he's just, down, you know. He, I thought he did great. He just, How about have a little self-confidence? You did great. He felt like he lo- he left a lot of meat on the bone to to borrow Joseph Randall's. There is uh, he is your desert desert Svengali, and uh, a lot of people said, "Ooh, would he be a good challenger and win Wes's toaster?" Mm. Oh yeah, would he? He knows a lot about sports, 
but I've been doing this for a living for the last almost 10 years, which gives me a tremendous mm. advantage over him. Humble, humble brag. Yeah, wicked humble. Christmas part. time humble brag. I'm just wow. giving you an honest answer. The smells, gift, like, <laughs> smells like hubris is what that smells like. The gift of humble brag. This it was an honest assessment. Poor Wes. I, I it's about me. <laughs> I, did you want me to give you coach speak or something? <laughs> well, all right. So, listen, Wes, we love you. It is the holiday season. We are two days away from Christmas. Uh, we we gave gifts to each other on Tuesday's show. Now we will give the gift to our listener of an excellent Week 16 preview. Nailed it. Home run. Where's the stitcher? Uh, we will go through each of the 16 games. What? Well, no, I was gonna. I was just gonna say. Yeah, continue on. Okay. Each of the 16 <laughs> games on the Week uh, 16 schedule. Uh, so there will be uh, 32 teams. 16 games to talk about. I was going to say, we can pull back the curtain a little bit. Kansas has got to catch a bird uh, with <laughs> an airplane down to Texas to see your uh, lovely wife and, and your son, Jack. So yes. we're going to mow. We're going to you know try to mow through these games uh, in an expedient time and get you there on time. And the Thursday night game will be really quick, too, because we know some of you might be listening to this on Christmas or even the day after Christmas when you're traveling back home. Do you call airplanes birds uh, now that you have – an image of you wearing sunglasses <laughs> and like a leather jacket oh. for your other podcast. Are you talking about the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project new logo? Thank you. Thank you for the plug. We have a new episode on Wednesday. Too. The Rump Podcast. I think that's what the logo <laughs> says. RJVP. Um, I'm not ready to talk about the image yet. You're not. No but one, I, I no don't think anyone on to. earth has talked about it more right. than you in the yeah, past. No one else cares. No one cares what you say or about the logo in general. That, see how Greg's I, voice and pitch is raising and he's talking over me? It's because he is very nervous what I have to say about it. <laughs> I I'm care. just not ready to talk about it. I care deeply, Dan. I want to hear your thoughts on the logo. Yeah, for now, Sunday show we'll talk about okay. it. For now, everyone, make sure you go check out uh, the, the RJVP <laughs> whatever podcast. And check out the image. So we I could was all. That was such disdain, Dan. What do you mean? Such disdain. A little dismissal. What do you mean? I support Greg. Yeah, if I was half as uh, dismissive about anything that Dan <laughs> ever did, he would give me the full. I won't even say who the treatment where you don't even speak to me for weeks on end. I, I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't hear from you. Well, what yeah. kind of treatment is that, Greg? I don't know. I've never done that to you. <laughs> no, that's a that's a maneuver that happens sometimes. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get to some football games. And we will start, yes, with the Thursday night matchup. Um, the Chargers traveling to Oakland to face the Raiders, um, traveling to the dark black hole. Um, you know, this is a game that will be played on Christmas Eve uh, between two teams that aren't going to the playoffs. Uh, and yet, there is some juice, isn't there, Greg? Yeah, there is. It could be the last game in the history of the Oakland Raiders in Oakland. I really doubt it. But the bigger one is that one of the greatest players of uh, the last generation is playing his last home game. And one of the players I think most identified with the Raiders over the last 25 years. If, if ever there's a true Raider, it's Charles Woodson. And one more thing to watch in this game, Amari Cooper's Offensive Rookie of the Year chances in a race that's still pretty much wide open. Someone like David Johnson could claim it with a hmm. few hot weeks. Yeah. I feel like the Raiders in general still have a lot to play for. I mean, you're not going to make the playoffs, but no, I think what they've accomplished this season, A, their coach sticks around. B, their GM sticks around after this year. You've got a, you've got a lot to build around on both sides of the ball. 
it's not a very it, promising season. I for think the so too. I don't think this is depressing if you're a Raiders fan. No, you got to be happy. It'll be a celebration on Thursday night. I think of Charles Woodson. How many players say they want to go back and play for the team that they drafted them? Uh, but not many really do it. Not many pass up an opportunity, a contract from the Denver Broncos who are playing, you know, are coming off a great season. He said, no, I'd rather go back to Oakland. And then he does it with a Pro Bowl season. They they showed up in mass even when he was coming to visit the team again. He's so popular there. So it's cool. It should be a cool scene. I, I thought that was really cool that he, like, took some responsibility because he loves the Raiders organization so much to take them from a place that had no hope and he's like, you know what? I've got them now here where they've got building blocks. They've got hope. My work is done. I can retire. These are the last three seasons for the Raiders. Three and 13, four and 12, four and 12. So, you know, even if they split these last two games, even if they don't win another game, six and 10 is an improvement. If they can get seven or eight wins, you got to be very excited. Hope is in the building. Uh, so we'll see if they can take care of business. I believe we have all picked – uh, the Raiders to do just that. Yes, we have all picked the Raiders to win this game and move to 7-8. and eight. Uh, Moving on, gentlemen, let's uh, move now to Saturday Night Football. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I remember the Saturday. I miss Saturday Day Football. Absolutely. Uh, which was always fun. But we'll take a little Saturday Night Football for the second straight week. This time, a big NFC East matchup, one that can determine who wins the NFC East, that is the Washington Redskins. You know, I, I, I said that I could not imagine Jay Gruden at a podium uh, talking about his big uh, win of the NFC East, but now here is his chance to f- close out the division. And, uh, Mark, here's the thing, though, and we talked about this on an NFL Network hit. Uh, why does it feel like this, this division is destined to, to be settled in week 17 and not here. It seems too clean. Well, I think that's just based on what we've, I'll use the word endured all season with the (laughs) NFC East. I mean, as soon as you start to feel some sense of surety or confidence, for instance, in the Redskins, it's it's sandblasted a week later. Remember the Eagles a few weeks back? Yeah, or is I mean, it, oh, they are the favorites. Or the Giants, for that matter. Or, but or I, the Redskins when they were about to host the, the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. If it wasn't for that game, if they just beat Matt Castle, this thing would be over. You're right. I mean, I, I do think, though, at this point, what the Redskins have going for them is Kirk Cousins. Again, it's a week-to-week proposition, but he's playing the best he has all season. Deshaun Jackson is back. He's healthy. He's Huge had a great factor. month. And Jordan Reed... With 200 less snaps than Gary Barnage, has nine touch- touchdowns. Same with Gary Barnage. I mean, Jordan Reed is playing out of his mind. He, so you've got your weapons ready to go against a defense that's, you know, given up 40 points in three of their last five games. You watch the Eagles, and, you know, I wanted to pick the Eagles. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I the game I watched on Sunday night, and they were playing a, a vastly superior team. But I just this team seems like it's it has so many issues and the Redskins are just playing much better right now, and it just seems to me that Washington should take care of business. Uh, Greg, do you feel that way? I do believe that the Redskins are a much better and more consistent team than the Eagles. I think the Eagles were very lucky to win in Foxborough and that they were lucky to beat the Bills. I kind of can't figure out how they won those games. What happened to this defense? As bad as Chip Kelly's offense has been, compared to expectations, the defense has been more surprising over the last eight weeks that they suddenly went from one of the better defensive lines in the league and in a good front seven and a Pro Bowl safety, Pro Bowl quality safety in Malcolm Jenkins to just nothing. And this is where if you want to make the case that they're 
just not playing with the same intensity as other NFL teams. I think you look at that defense. It's been a total disappointment. And Cousins and this Redskins offense should be able to put together some of those 8, 10, 12-play drives that they're that they're really known for at this point. Speaking of Cousins, let's now look over to the Kissing Cousins corner. Uh, Wes <laughs> and Sess, uh, are you guys comfortable? Number one, are you comfortable with the you like that trademark? that has been filed by Kirk Cousins. And number two, will you buy some officially endorsed, you like that, uh, apparel if he does get the trademark? Care not for the trademark whatsoever. I mean, who cares? It's a cool saying because it happened organically, but now that it's a trademark, you can give me a break, whatever. But <laughs> Go ahead. But this guy's leading the NFL in completion percentage and set the record for best completion percentage at home in an NFL season. He's the most effective quarterback in the league on throws one to 10 yards. There's a good stat in our research packet. He leads the NFL in quarterback rating in, in passes over 10 yards. He's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, six touchdowns, eight interceptions, sub 50% uh, completion percentage. So I give Jay Gruden and Kirk Cousins credit. They're playing to his strengths. He's just not going to be a guy that ever gets you excited throwing the ball down the field. And he's not even trying. And they're, you know, they have a good they have a pretty good offense despite it. Nine yards per attempt over the last seven games though. That's not bad. But it it's all it's all on those, back. it's all on those short passes that go long. A lot of it's screens and he gets the ball out quick and he, he makes gets, the right it decisions. It seems like he, at least once or twice a game he's getting the ball to Deshaun Jackson deep. Yeah, lately. Two quick nuggets. Numbers don't lie though. Redskins I mean, only two wins in the last fourteen games on the road, but we are not kissing cousins cousins, Wes and I, but we mwah. we both hail from Germany from about 20 miles away, way oh, yeah, back when. True. Sesselberg and I think, what is it, Wessel? Wessling is a city in Germany. There you go. Mm. So, so you maybe. Like you like that? There you go. So just, just a couple of areas. Well, you know, it's we are our, our ancestors probably agreed and disagreed on uh, sport topics going back hundreds of years while you, you and Greg were separated by continents. I was just saying, you like, you know, Greg's father was born in Nazi Germany. Are you happy about that? No, I'm not you, happy about coming, that. Where are you coming I, from with this? Well, like that's Greg? ridiculous. Yes, I'm talking my, about my family. I'm talking about too. like the pre the pastoral times when it was a peace loving group. Yeah, I don't agree with their, left their Germany. Oh, yeah. Go, go back yeah. really far in German history. Always a calm group of people. All right. That'll be in, fine. All I'm saying time. is that, you Let's know, not paint anybody with a broad brush. The cost is for chasing yeah. Greg's family around. <laughs> uh, Mark, Dan and Wes all picked the Redskins to clinch the NFC East. Uh, Greg quit doing picks. Well, I'm taking I'm taking the Eagles. Just because th- you're right, it deserves to go to Week 17. Taking them where? Division. I'm taking them to win this game. The Redskins haven't beaten a winning team all year. Uh, moving on, the Carolina Panthers are 14-0, and chasing history. And I haven't heard anything yet about um, – because they haven't locked up the NFC top seed yet, right? A win on Sunday would do that, correct? That's true. They still have something to play for. But this certainly to me feels – first of all, they have the Falcons in Atlanta – um, a game, again, they should win. The, the schedule is favorable for them to get to 16-0. and And I don't want to look past this game, but I just do want to say that this certainly feels like a team uh, as exhausting as they've been uh, mm. in the last couple of days, um, a team that will not uh, fold up tent and, you know, settle, uh, you know, play starters for a quarter in week 17 and then look ahead to the playoffs and risk not going 16-0. and I think this team knows and they get it, and that's a good thing that 16-0 and is a big deal. I'm excited that the Panthers are going to go for this. I don't find them exhausting at all. I find them uh, invigorating that a team that plays like a team on defense, especially so good week after week, so much intensity. They're a fun team to watch. I don't, the Josh Norman thing doesn't bother me at all. 
and just they're different. In, every, in they're defense, different than every team out there. Nothing bothers you, Greg. Everything is like, who cares? That's eh, not true. Matters, <laughs> I like that. This is the original team of ATL, and you guys have no connection. This to is it. not that team. But their it, fans, it, there's, a, there's a lot that connects that team to this team. Their fans have been abhorrent this year. That's why they're hard to take. <laughs> I think yeah, abhorrent. it's what you on the field during games. Not, you're right. That's what I care about. Okay, all right. Well, oh, that's that's, that's great fair. that you can isolate separate that from all the other things that surround the team. <laughs> Covering the the Panthers week to week, it's almost as if in the last fortnight or so they've embraced the villain role, that they have to get that chip back on their shoulder. And good for them if that's the psychology happening inside the building. But covering them day after day and the stuff that's happened, especially in the last two weeks, they are tiresome. Mm. That's how I feel. Not on the field. But I think that would happen with any 14-0 and 0 team. It's I not think happening with Nate, the Cardinals. 14-0, well, sure. Not 14 All right. Oh, so, it happened with the Patriots. I think this is when you're on the top, then people just – it's this sort if of stuff. Josh happens. Norman wasn't like taking page by page, paragraph by paragraph after the book that Richard Sherman wrote. Thank you. I mean, it wouldn't be so tedious. But come on, Josh Norman, you're, it's easy to see through what you're doing here. You also kind of got toasted last week, sneaky toasted, right, Wes? I wrote about that for Next Gen Stats. Odell Beckham left a hundred yards and a touchdown on the field. Absolutely. And look, nobody shut down Odell Beckham unless you want to say Odell Beckham shut himself down for fifty-seven minutes. Butler did a, about as good a job as anyone. Certainly didn't shut him down. Gave up one big, big play. But you're right. No one shuts him down. I want to get you, uh, Greg, if I would have gotten you the secret sin, I would have gotten you the uh, official jersey of the practice squad player that approached Odell Beckham with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's cool. <laughs> Enjoy the CFL, bro, if you're lucky. Well, we should say – Ron Rivera seems to be one of the genuinely nicest people in the league, so I do hope he does. And he speaks the truth. When he's mad, when he got angry at uh, the reporters for continuing to ask, uh, what was it last week? I'm even forgetting the tiresome situation with Cam Newton. And then this week, I like that he he called out the Giants. He called out the Giants for leaking uh, information about the bat and was saying that's excuse making. He just and said the, it. the idea that racial slur or not racial slurs, but uh, gay slurs were used. He he went out and said that this smells a little bit like spin control. Exactly, by no, that somebody was out there. Which I mean, is spin right. control was especially strong on Monday. Right. Um, and it was from the Giants, so I like I love her very By the way, Josh Norman, we did talk about a little bit when we were talking about the Beckham stuff that Norman was not innocent in all this. The league fined him two separate fines totaling uh, over $26,000 uh, for some of his behavior. And we should say at time of taping uh, today, Beckham, is, his appeal hearing is going on in the league office. He's trying to get that one-game suspension knocked off. But anyway, the Panthers... Uh, are should take care of it. The Falcons got back on track, but they're still it's an inferior team. We all took the Panthers to win the game. Don't blow this one. I know it's a division game on the road, but don't blow this one, Carolina. I think they're going to close. Of all the games. I think they'll, I think they'll close. Surviving the game. that Giants game? Yeah, I agree. Yep. And, I, and, and Cam Newton, you know, that was pr- that was pretty badass. I will say the the uh, gif that floated around of after Beckham scored the touchdown to tie the game, and they cut to Newton on the sideline, and he's, like, shaking his head, like, all right, all right. I got and this. Goes out there, 70 yards down the field, game over. Yeah, it was cool. It seems like they're doing something special. Just a little tiresome. That's Some of the, the antics, that's all. Any t- yeah, time we it. talk about tiresome, it's usually around one or two people. It's not the whole team. It's just one or two issues or nonsensical individuals. Well, and Wes says the fan base as well. So that makes it a bigger well, war. I don't necessarily mean the fans as much, but I just said the Twitter presence is just abhorrent. I mean, give me a break. Well, as editor David Ely downstairs, who is a Panthers fan, says that we, they're learning to deal with success. Greg's furrowing his brow. No, no, no. I, 
I'm, I'm just, sure the I'm people ha- who go to the games are fine, whatever. The city's cool. Right. I, but the people on Twitter are just – they've overtaken the Seahawks as the worst. Fan. I'm just happy our, our editor, David Ely, got a mention because it's going to make – it's going to be his Christmas present. That's true. Even though he's Jewish. Moving on. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are 9-5, uh, and five, surviving a big scare uh, last week in Denver or against Denver. A nice comeback win and, uh, uh, that really uh, saved them from being in a very bad situation. Now they have a chance to lock up a playoff spot by taking care of business, and it starts at Baltimore against the decimated Ravens. Um, Mark, these are two teams that you uh, loathe. Um, you know, you loathe them so much that during Secret Santa, uh, you you elaborated one gift to disband the Ravens entirely. And my thought, when I had to think of what would make Mark happiest, I had Ben Roethlisberger framed for capital murder, um, multiple counts of capital murder. So I'll let you talk about this game a little bit. Well, the, the you know, the last time the Ravens played the Steelers, they got Michael Vick, who couldn't connect with Antonio Brown. I think now you're looking at a completely different team entirely and the Ravens I tweeted this out and got a lot of heat because I wish them Merry Christmas with this stat <laughs> that the Ravens have allowed 28 passing touchdowns while having just four interception which is the worst touchdown to interception ratio going back to at least 1933 mm. so we've talked all year about this secondary that has been getting torched <laughs> and now you're dealing with a this passing a game that is white hot and I don't hate the Steelers. I respect the Steelers mm. a lot. You, you hate the Ravens. I do not respect the Ravens because of their roots. And that's my own issue to deal with. It's not your <laughs> issue to deal with. But I think Pittsburgh is going to take well, ha- this team to town on Sunday easily because this go- they're going to go right into the playoffs and knock. they're going to upset a few teams, I think. They're, I don't the know. Question I, is, I'm not sure anyone can stop I was the Steelers say, at this level right now. In this room, anyway, I don't think anybody will be surprised if they knock off some teams. I don't even know. Not at all. Be an upset. This is a loaded team. All they have to do is stay out of their own way and not get hurt. You can you can pick the Steelers apart through the air, but Jimmy Clausen cannot pick the Steelers apart through mm. the air. Right. Or Matt Schaub. This is just a bad matchup for a team that has no one left to play. Yeah, Damashek is Dave Damashek, of course, uh, our friend and host of uh, the Dave Damashek football program. He's been trying to. He's somehow worried about this game because of the rivalry. He's but, always worried, but that's uh, that's hogwash. They should drop a fifty burger out of it. It's not a rivalry. This is essentially how the other teams, when they were bad in this division, felt about being called rivals to the Steelers. This this is a Ravens team stripped of all their weapons and all what makes them a strength. It's Listen not the same team right now. Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> yeah, this that's a ridiculous Christmas present. Well, no team Halloween in some you know ridiculous random AFC team's right. misery. I could use a better no team Christmas needs present. to be put out of their misery more than the 2015 Ravens. It has been a yeah. long the death. They have they been compete. dead forever. Yeah, they, they do. They are. That I do think up. that they're playing hard for Harbaugh still. Yeah, they compete. We all picked the Steelers to move to ten and five. Up next, the Dallas Cowboys with yes, Kellen Moore now the starting quarterback. Their fourth. Starter of the season? Is that correct? That's correct. Yoinks, what a nightmare in Dallas. Um, They will try to uh, win their fifth game of the season. They got to do it in Buffalo against the Bills. And, you know, a month ago, maybe we would be like, ooh, Bills are going to roll over the Cowboys. And perhaps they still will because the Cowboys are not very good. But the Bills are a mess. I mean, I like to call this, if if you're following what's going on right now in Buffalo, it's, it's kind of like a controlled mutiny 
where guys are speaking out. They're not outright throwing Rex under the bus or saying, this, you know, we need to start fresh. Or, Pretty close. I can't. Yeah, but it's it's close. It's like right at the line. Sammy Watkins speaking out. Mario Williams wants out of town. Booby Dixon spoke up. Um, Corey Graham. Corey Graham. So, you know, there's a lot of dissension. Rex Ryan's going to get a second year. I, I would be stunned if he didn't get a second year. But he obviously has, like, a, a ton of work to do. And I will add one thing. Uh, the Four Falls of Buffalo, which is uh, 30 for 30 on uh, the Bills Super Bowl teams that I was watching yesterday. Uh, this It's not unprecedented that you can get a team back together. The year before their Super Bowl run, they were known, Wes, as you might remember, as the Bickering Bills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were a team that was, you know, Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas were fighting and everybody was unhappy. And Bill Pullian came in and restored order. Well, the, that's what the Bills need. And maybe Doug Whaley isn't that guy, but the Bills need to get their house in order. Well, Nigel Bradham, who's had three head coaches in four years, says he's never seen finger pointing like this mm. on the Bills. So it's a worse situation now, he says, than ever. Uh, you know, Rex Bradham said, we're all grown men. You should know what to say, what not to say. I think that what Mario Williams really taking shots at the coaching staff is what not to say. But I like what Rex Ryan uh, said this week or on Wednesday about Kellen Moore, just a little scouting report for the game. Well, the first thing that jumps out at you, he's a little bitty dude. And then you notice he's throwing with the wrong hand. So that that's the scouting report level of analysis. He is from Rex so. At this point. Oh, he's been so obnoxious this year. Like I really turned on him when he couldn't acknowledge that Dion Lewis is a corporeal entity, mm-hmm. and then dismissed him after the game. Like, oh, he didn't beat us. Well, yeah, actually, Fired. he just did. That, Stop that, it, Rex. That Jets Bills game in Week 17 does not look nearly as tough now. It wouldn't surprise me if the Cowboys win this game. Uh, oh, I'd no. be shocked. And by the way, one thing I will say, they, they've kind of thrown in the towel here. The who said. Who said, uh, by the way, we all picked the Bills, which just tells you how much we think of the Cowboys. But um, who said that this is worse than anything they've ever seen in Buffalo? Nigel Bradham. Okay. He's only in his fourth season, <laughs> right. but he's had it's, a lot of coaches and GMs there in four seasons. It tells you how different the NFL is. because 25-year-old tells us it's the worst thing he's seen. In yeah, how different years. the NFL is now. Because back in 1990 or 1989, uh, Jim Kelly called out some teammates in the press. Thurman Thomas then called out Jim Kelly and then Bill Pauley enforced the two of them to call a press conference together and read statements about how they're not going to fight fight with each other anymore. Can you imagine if that happened today between Tyrod Taylor and LaShawn McCoy? And that was a playoff team. Mm. Uh, yes, they were. They, they lost a heartbreaking loss to the Browns. To the Browns but that, right. but they, you could tell that there was a ton of talent on the team. I think there is in Buffalo, too, right now. And to be fair to Rex, this is, I don't know why I'm saying this, but they're, they, players, and Booby Dixon especially – said that there aren't any leaders in this locker room, that it's not just the coaching staff, that there were that he was in San Francisco and whenever there was something hot fire going on, they would call a meeting and there'd be players to step up and be accountable. And Greg, you're furrowing your brow at me, but no, that's agree. that's Tom Brady and Willie McGinnis for you. That was Willie McGinnis for years paid in New England. Player is the one who's not right. trying. I well, was furrowing my brow at the Bills because I was thinking who are their highest paid players and I'm thinking Mario Williams LaShawn McCoy. Marcel so, Darius. Those are your leaders. Kyle Williams. Right. Well, you know who it was? I think it was Fred Jackson. Yeah, Fred and, Jackson. And you trade him away, him. and that sometimes those trades get rid of this old that player. Flat out that cut. How blows can up they, your locker room. How can they say they don't have leadership when Richie Incognito's on that team? Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> Jerry Jones, I respect him for coming out and saying we messed up this year. We misevaluated Brandon Whedon. I hope his next step is to say we messed up on signing Greg Hardy. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving on. Or Matt Castle, for that matter. 
the next 1 p.m. game. Will you get off, Matt Castle? The guy's doing his best. I think it's all I, think I have left at this man. point. It's all I have left. I think left. the fact when your owner says we blew it by not keeping Brandon Weeden. It's a shot at Matt Castle. That's about as big an insult right. to Matt Castle. Uh, it is. He, he said we blew it by going into the season with Brandon Weeden as the back. Oh. The next uh, 1 p.m. game to discuss <laughs> is the San Francisco 49ers who travel to Ford Field to take on the Lions' uh, uh, we got to get you to the airport, Dan. This yeah. is where we can. Greg has All the right. Lions making the Super West, Bowl. This one season. point on this game from either team. Look at Matthew Stafford's up to twenty-seven touchdowns. He's having a year now, salvaging his place on this team. Maybe salvaging Calvin Johnson too. Although I expect him to ask Calvin to take a. He's having a half a year. The first half of the year should not be. I don't care what the total numbers say. He was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league for half the season. He salvaged you it. can't ignore. Yeah, them. but what you also cannot ignore is the rise of Cooter. Well, I never would. I mean, do we call this in the course of an entire season like garbage time? You go one and seven, <laughs> and you're saying garbage time in the whole second half of the season, throwing like the that. ball over the place. Cooter, we trust. Uh, we all took the Lions. In that game. 49ers are one of the worst 4-10 and ten teams in NFL history. I think they're the worst team in the NFL, but they have four wins. That's my take from this game. <laughs> That's fair. I like that take. That was a good take. Merry Christmas. Uh, moving on, another 1 p.m. game. The Cleveland Browns travel to Kansas City to face the Chiefs. And I've been talking about this with Mark uh, sporadically throughout the week that I really think it does fit in with Browns' narrative um, that Johnny Manziel is going to light somebody up in one of these last two weeks and look really good and make the decision even harder about what to do next in Cleveland. And I think it's I think it's going to happen on Sunday. I think Johnny Menzel mm. is going into Arrowhead, and I don't think the Chiefs are playing too hot the last couple weeks. I think they're a little more vulnerable than people realize. And I think Manziel's going to throw three touchdowns. I think he might run for one, too. Everyone's going to get excited in Cleveland. There's going to be a little hope back in the building. And then he's going to move into your guest house in the offseason, and you're going to watch over him just watering Gatorade all offseason. But seriously, I do. I mean, just <laughs> I got a Sessler about it. That's all. Mm. That Manziel's going to have a big game. And the Chiefs, yes, one of these teams, it could easily be the Jets. We'll get to them later. But one of these three AFC wildcard hopefuls are going to fall. I'm banking on the Chiefs being the one. It's gutsy. I'm going to call I it out. I think you need, you need this to happen as a Jets fan, too. So there's – I might be willing it to happen. You know, there's a lot of hope, but – I I don't know about Cleveland because outside of Manziel, who I do think provides a spark, they've got they've put five or six players on IR in the last three or four weeks alone. Players are shutting down. I thought they played hard for Petten last week, but there's just they're just outmatched. Chiefs, even with injuries, are a much more talented team on both sides of the ball right now. My game pass must be dysfunctional because people keep throwing all these accolades at Johnny Manziel. I thought he was awful last week mm. and he held the ball too long. The entire second half, he's just trying to evade pass rushers. I'm almost nothing. I, I mean, I, I didn't see that, that as any it's kind just, of a spark game. Hey, I thought he was, was terrible. A tough spot though. I mean, that's Seattle's playing as good as anybody in the league. He's not, he's not ready to go on the road. The Browns don't have the, I know, but I don't see why like all of a sudden Manziel's going to be the one that, Pushes him toward That's him. fair. I think also he's a quarterback with no ground game, and he's under siege all Week day before, long. Before he had a ground he game. He did, and he looked great. And that's the only game that any quarterback in Cleveland's had all season that way. I don't think that's going to happen against Kansas City. I don't think he was great last week, but he is a different player, and he provides different opportunities than Austin Davis does. Tamba, oh, he's way better than Austin Davis. Tamba Ali broke his thumb last week. He is expected to play, that, but that's a 
one of the most surprising Pro Bowl players in the league. It looked like he was just about on his way out of Kansas City and has had a really nice season. Justin Houston is the most underreported injury in the league. I don't think this team is the same. It's Justin not nearly Houston. as dangerous if he doesn't play in the playoffs, and it looks like that's where they're headed. So I think that gives the Browns a chance. There's a bizarre role among – uh, media insiders, to, even though Justin Houston is one of the best players in the NFL, anytime he does something, you're not allowed to report on it. You just have to talk about <laughs> talk about Des Bryant instead. It's a weird that's rule. The rule. It's did a not, weird rule, but did it's not know rule. that rule. But I am not an insider. Who so. enforces that? I believe they just all get together. All the network heads are like, "Oh, Justin Houston doesn't matter. He plays in Kansas City." I think don't, at this point, don't talk about him. Schefter is is it's kind of like a committee where he's now the leader because mm. he's been doing it now the longest on top. Well, I shouldn't say that. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, let's move on. The Indianapolis Colts uh, are 6-8, and eight, and they, listen, this has been a frustrating season for this team. Andrew Luck has only played seven games, and he's not coming back this week. Uh, now they have to have any chance to save their season and maybe sneak back into the playoffs. they got to go on the road. Luckily, road is... Miami against the Dolphins team. <laughs> Speaking of those teams that just end the season already, the Dolphins, they just want to get out of town and, and figure out what to do next with their franchise, uh, probably starting with a head coach search. Uh, but here are the Colts. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck, um, who said this week, and this is never a good sign, uh, it's a direct quote, I've got nothing left. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I have to be honest, like, how can you pick – the Colts to win any games when the quarterback, the 40-year-old uh, beaten-up quarterback, is admitting to the world that he literally has nothing physically to give and they have nowhere else to go, unless you want to count Clipboard Jesus, a man that I admire and love. Uh, but, I mean, that, I can't get behind that. He's a dried-up husk of a man is what he's telling you. How, how can you how can't can ignore you, that? Yeah. I mean, they could, they could prove me wrong, but it just feels like – that that loss to the Texans was the end of the Pagano era. I mean, they had the ten three lead. They they lose it to Gotta Brandon. Close that out. It's an ugly. It, it doesn't matter. You don't in think the they're end. coming off the mat, right? These they're not coming off the mat. I don't. You know, they're T Y Hilton's criticizing the play calling this week. Mm. Said, Going said against that's Chud, a, said that's Mark. a big part of the problem. Not my problem. Although the Dolph- soft spot for Dolphins are much better. I mean, they got they got waxed by San Diego. Well, the Dolphins stink. I, I know that. The Dolphins, there's talk in Miami that they could blow the whole thing up, that even Tannenbaum might not be safe. Uh, who Dennis Hickey, show. you know, they change they change the deck chairs every 16, 18 months, it feels Greg, like. Does who Dennis co- Hickey even have a job, really? I don't think he will next year. Well, me. reportedly, who, who covers this game on Sunday? This is a game even Greg couldn't love. No, I won't make a case for it. I'm going to give it to the desk. Give it, <laughs> yes. Give a chance. One of our fine, uh, one of our fine guys like Tyler Dragon or maybe Andy Hageman, Lakeisha. You know, those sound like women. Well, guys well, the latter know. two are women. Yeah, the first, the, the, when the I say guys, I mean in, in general. I'm just yeah, Mark Ortega. Like just trying to guys. give him a little love. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do a great job. So why not extend this opportunity to them to cover this flame throwing contest? <laughs> Uh, Mark, you took the Colts as of now to stay alive. Well, uh, okay. Wes and I took the Dolphins. <laughs> you, you I, I made the, the picks change. like like 18 seconds before the podcast. They're all false flag picks. Who knows what they mean? <laughs> I'll probably change seven of them before Sunday. All right. Sometimes I <laughs> well, wonder why we even do that. I'm right. also I'm buried in the standings, so why not just start w- go swinging for the fences? Wes has moved into first place, by the way. Let's see if Wes can close. That's another sandwich for me. 
here we go. You're right. You ready? Let's move on. (laughs) The New England Patriots. Another 12-win season up in Foxborough. The throne of ease is activating at powerful levels. And yet, whenever they play the New York Jets, they're in for a dogfight, Greg Rosenthal. Whether the Jet team is good or the Jet team is bad. But how about when the Jet team is good and desperate? And that's what we got. The Jets need to win, essentially. I mean, they wouldn't be eliminated with the loss, but they would be just about done at that point. They are in their building where they've been good this year uh, for the most part. Uh, They have a a quarterback that's playing with a lot of confidence that is fully aware of the stakes. He said, this is huge for me. Brandon Marshall has never gotten to the playoffs. These guys know this is maybe the best chance they've ever had, and I don't think they're going to let it get away, Greg. I'm excited. You know I'm an optimistic Jets fan, which is never a good thing to be, but I think the Jets are going to battle, and they're going to give the Patriots their third loss. What do you think about that? How do you like them apples, to quote a little Boston? That make, <laughs> It makes a lot of sense, and I buy it, but I'm at cross – you know, I'm feeling mixed things about this game because that it, whenever it's logical – that the Patriots are going to get picked off. Mm. That's generally when you get your best Patriots effort. And then afterwards, everyone thinks, why did, why did we think this was the week? Because logically, this is as bad as this team has looked injury-wise all season. You're missing Hightower this week, most likely. Amendola. We don't think Edelman's coming back. You were without Brian Stork last week. Devin McCourty hasn't been back. This team has been taking on water in general, not playing as well. And yet... On the road, in a division, the division thing goes both ways. I think you're going to get a fired-up Patriots team that would love nothing more than to end this Jets season. And you have two guys in Fitzpatrick and Marshall who have played 240 combined games in the NFL. This is probably the biggest one for each of them. And I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe they get a little tight if they fall behind in a big spot at home. I could see that because I think they are, like I said, fully aware of the stakes here and where their career has gone and – what lies ahead, which is just uncertainty, uh, Marshall and Fitzpatrick. And I know for a fact that it's not like the Pats are going to waltz in there and be unprepared or, you know, looking past it. They need the win, too, um, you know, to lock down the number one seed. So I get it. It's not going to be an easy game for the Jets to win, but I think they got a chance. What do you guys think? I'm going to take the Patriots. They've got the better coach, the better quarterback, and I think the better defense and the better front seven. You know, they're banged up in the secondary a little bit, but this front seven with the Jabal Sheard, Hakeem Hicks has come on really well Played lately. Really well. I, and Jamie Collins is still one of the best linebackers in the NFL. I'm taking the Patriots, and I'm pointing to their defense. And Chandler Jones and, and Collins both made both made the Pro Bowl this week. I mean, the Jets themselves gave up 12 yards rushing four games ago, 24 two games ago. You know, they the Patriots are banged up in the backfield. I guess we, you know, we believe Steven Jackson's going to come in and Save the day. I'm not sure about that, but the the Jets, the difference. The re, I would not like the situation for the Jets under Rex Ryan a year ago. I think Todd Bowles has them in a good place, and I don't see them as desperate as much as I think they believe in themselves right now. They are in a desperate spot if they lose I, this. I I understand the Rex Ryan exhaustion levels, but the one thing you can never get Rex on is he almost always got the Jets up for the Pats and beat the Patriots in the playoffs in Foxborough. So yeah, that was, he was always good on those right. games. It was the games that weren't as high profile that he seemed to fail to properly motivate at times. The, the win in Foxborough in the playoffs was half a decade ago, but you're right. Rex typically had them ready because his primary obsession as a human being is Bill Belichick. Well, but, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> right, but I think the Todd Bowles – 
it brings this team to a healthier place. Uh, you I can't don't think be, anyone disagrees with that. I just think that I think they're a better coach team, and the way that their own quarterback's been playing over the past month gives them a chance. Where seven weeks ago, I would never think about the Jets winning this well, kind of they, game. They outplayed the Patriots for three quarters. If Brandon Marshall doesn't drop a pass uh, inside the 10-yard line, they're going to go up, what was it, 10 or 7 points in the fourth game was quarter. was potentially over. It, it, was, it was up in the air. But what I want to see this week, and what I think's gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit lately, is a great Tom Brady performance in a tough spot because it's almost getting overlooked with Cam Newton how good Tom Brady has been this season. I think this is the best Tom Brady season in the last four years for sure. I mean, he's leading the league in touchdowns. He's leading he, he's leading the league in touchdowns to interception ratio. He's leading the league in passing yards. It, a lot of things have been going on by, uh, around him, and he has played outstanding. I, I, I just can't say enough of how good Tom Brady's been this year. Cam and couldn't Newton you just was, see him having a vintage game here against the Jets? I could. I'd love to. If Cam see. Newton was 13-1, and one, people would still be talking about Brady as an MVP. Right. Yeah, I totally yep. agree. I hold here in my hands the 2015 season Week 16 research notes. Name the song, Wes. It's you too. I don't know the song. Well, it's not you. It's actually a collection yeah. of singers. It was the. It was their response to "We Are the World." I believe it was the. It was the Christmas. other way around. Oh, was it first? But it was the Christmas collection of like fourteen oh, British uh, people. Oh, it's Bob. Uh, what's his name? Bob Geldof. Yeah, Bob Geldof. Uh, Band Aid. Do they know it's Christmas? Do they know it's Christmas? Nineteen eighty-four. Mm. African Aid. Very strange song if you listen to the lyrics. But yes, that was my man Bono <laughs> singing the most memorable line, uh, because he's a legend. Greg. Got no problem with Bono. <laughs> anyway, nice. he's good for you know good short guy. He is always a fan of those guys. He is short. Anyway, for two things. First of all, since you brought up Brady, he's five uh, touchdowns away from um, a forty touchdown season. That would be his second of his career. He had fifty, of course, in two thousand seven. But Brandon Marshall is seven catches away from a hundred on the season. That would make him the first wide receiver in NFL history with six. 100 reception seasons. Mm. Sneaky Canton candidate. No way. Sneaky. No way. One of the most mistake-prone players of his generation, drop-prone, and every team that had him couldn't wait to get rid of him. There's no way. He's Let's see how his career ends. He's never, not going to you Canton. Never know. Sneaky. Take it to the bank. He's not going to be in the Hall of Fame. Sneaky. Him and Eli going in together. And no. How many playoff <laughs> wins does he have? How uh, many playoff appearances? He will have four after this season. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> He's a stack compiler. I, like, on I love team. the optimism. Look, he's he's had a fine career. I'm but. feeling optimistic this week too. This is a good I, game. I took the Jets, uh, of course, for the uh, you know 14th straight week, uh, and Wes and Mark both took the Pats. So we'll see what happens. I can't now. wait. I'm looking forward to the big game in the Meadowlands. Moving on, the Chicago Bears, uh, a team that uh, really. Uh, has shut it down, basically. I guess they've had their kicker didn't help them in a couple of weeks after that Thanksgiving game, but they haven't won since then, so they're ready to go home. They're 5-9. and nine. Speaking of ready to go home, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, get it together, guys. You can't take care of business last week. Who'd they lose to? Was it the Rams on Thursday Ra- Night Football? You know what? I'm supposed to take you seriously. No, no, no but you never yeah. should have. They, they've overachieved. Right. They've they are always been they. a mediocre team, not a playoff. Six and eight is better than we ever thought they were. Uh, Greg, give me yep. one thing about either of these teams uh, in terms mm. of something to look for. Well, I think Jameis Winston still has a chance to win Rookie of the Year if he closes strong. I think that Rams game was typical, though, of his season. 
long stretches where he really wasn't on target, and then but he kept firing, was very aggressive, ended up having an okay game. Rookie of the year. That's what you can look for. All right. Close, strong, Jameis. And that would be quite an achievement for a guy that not since Cam Newton came in the league has there been so much, you know, vitriol fired at a rookie. What, Mark? Uh, no, nothing. Continue on. No, what? <laughs> I, I'm trying to think the best thing I could say about the Bears is that they are faceless. I don't think it, that's what you were thinking. That's the it, best thing you can say about them? That's what we criticized the Titans for all of last year. I, I, can, I, I don't know why you brought me into the conversation. I was in <laughs> a moment with myself. Huh? Like, like you would smoke <laughs> well, some peyote or something. They are a forgettable. As teams go in, in 2015, they are one of the most forgettable. Yes, they that, are. That is accurate. That is uh, very true. And uh, we all took the bucks. For now. For now. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that because, you know. The uh, final 1 p.m. game we're going to talk about is the Houston Texans, the leaders of the AFC South. They could potentially clinch the division on Sunday, can't they? That's true. With some help, uh, they are 7-7, seven and seven, which gives them a game lead over Indy, uh, two games over Jacksonville. Um, so they are in good position, uh, and they get the last-place team in the division. If you're the last-place team in the AFC South, you're a, a, a bag of poop, let's be honest. That <laughs> That is the Tennessee Titans, who have made no progress as a franchise, despite it's pretty hard to do. Just like I was saying, it's pretty hard to do that the Falcons could win five in a row to start their season and then be irrelevant by Christmas. It's pretty hard to import a franchise quarterback and then have him step up in his first year and be productive and then still suck uh, oh. tremendously. And that's what they've managed to do. I know he's been hurt, which doesn't help, but come Wait, on, Titans. You're telling me the Texans can clinch a playoff berth and all they have to do is beat Zach Mettenberger. Potentially. They Has Zach Mettenberger ever won a football game in the NFL? Uh, <laughs> not yet. I don't think so. That J.J. Watt must be licking his chops. I don't know how his hand is doing. What a rivalry. Yeah. Great I, to have it back. This the is Watt-Mettenberger. Like, you couldn't dream up a scenario better for watch chances of reclaiming the lead in Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> well, part of that Mettenberger back there. Sure, part of that scenario has Brandon Whedon as your quarterback. Yeah, but, I mean, you're playing against – Wait a second. I, why are you essing on Brandon Whedon? I, did you see what he did this past Sunday? He willed a team to victory <laughs> and a potential look, division title. He's starting a playoff game, buddy. The Texans have been great all year when a quarterback comes in to relieve the other quarterback. The relief quarterback comes in and lights the sky on fire, and now you've got a week to prepare for Brandon Whedon. It, and, by the way, that's Dick LeBeau, who has fried Brandon Whedon about 400 times. Well, so. I'm not saying that suddenly te the Texans aren't a team that takes care of business either. Well, they could get Hoyer back. He returned to practice Wednesday. has not been cleared to play in the game yet, but maybe he will be by Friday. A win does not clinch the division necessarily. Oh, heavens. But well, it, the, it if could Indy if, loses. If Indy loses win. and there's a chance they get a, the tie breaks, it's possible if they get their strength of victory hmm. that they They which, play the Jaguars in figure, week 17. I can't figure that right, out. I'm loving it right now. But uh, oh, you so, can't figure that out? Well, I, the strength of victory Ooh. is too hard. You got to I week 17, Yikes. you got to play it out two straight Indictment. weeks. It's tough. Ooh. Greg, we're cracking the veneer over there. You know, there's someone out there right now that sees a, a weakness and they're going going to say I'm going to get right through that force field and be the number mm. one guy mm. on tiebreakers. Like the dude who does the uh, NCAA brackets every year? Yes. No, I don't know the right. Well, there is a guy at NBC that? that I really learned at the feet of 
uh, Joe Jeshu, who really is that guy who figures out all the strength of victory and, and stuff. And you took and him it. down, and now there's a, no, he's a Greg still, Rosenthal out he's there. He's still doing it. He's oh, still doing it. it. Well, nationally. Props I need to a bigger Jeshu. <laughs> Way to go, Joe Jeshu. No, there's that bracketologist guy for ESPN who made, like, a cottage industry for himself. Oh. I forget uh, his name. Well, we all picked the, the Texans. And, by the way, speaking of Mark, you mentioned preparation. It's not too early for us to start preparing uh, what uh, Houston area charity we're going to donate to because we did fork the Texans months ago. What about the Chiefs? Well, we got two donations coming up from each of us. So. Three. I saved up some money. Redskins, too, possibly. Oh, oh boy. Where's this money coming from? We'll see. None Wait, of those teams I have we clinched didn't agree yet. To fork the, oh, we did. We none, did of those, I, none of those teams have clinched yet. I agreed that if you guys would fork the Cowboys, I would go along. <laughs> see, with it's the like Redskins. mutually assured destruction. There, we had to save the Titans. <laughs> now we'll be saving some people in need. Much more helpful. Yeah, that is way true. to look at that like that. One. All right, let's move on. The Jacksonville and Jaguars are uh, five and nine. They need a miracle. They need to win their final two games. They need Houston to lose both their games. They need the Colts to mess up along the line. And then perhaps, Greg, and some, they'll, they'll win a tiebreaker or something like that. Uh, but it all starts with the Saints. And here's where – and I wouldn't put Jacksonville blown this game anyway, but uh, Drew Brees, his season should be over, you'd think, because he, he's listed as day-to-day, but he's the quarterback of a 5-9 and nine team. He's 36 years old. He has a torn plantar fasciaria. Same injury as Peyton Manning. Same injury that's crippled Peyton Manning. Uh, so you would think that Drew Brees ain't playing. <laughs> Our boy Luke McCown ain't playing. Uh, so that the game it would fall to who? Who's Matt Flynn? Your boy Matt oh, Flynn. Oh no, it's not my boy. I know your enemy. He's, He's enemy. Dan's boy. Yeah, we're buddies. We're big f- fan we're, of uh, the end around. Yeah, he's an end around fan. We're Twitter friends. Sorry, Mark. Um, <laughs> I will be fine. So the the Saints might not have Drew Brees. I'd I'd be stunned to see. Maybe we'll see Garrett Grayson, their third round pick. Well, the whole plan's coming together. From New Orleans year. draft day strategy, finally. Way, I love the Jaguars, but I – Watch uh, them lose this game even without Breeze playing. I love the Jaguars, but I know we said it makes sense for the NFC East to go to week 17. Let's just end this AFC South race now. I don't want this to go another week. Just This has a chance to be the most sterile atmosphere in NFL history this week. <laughs> if I'm the coach of whichever AFC South team wins this division, I make them pay for their own flight if they win a playoff game and get beyond that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the Saints if Breeze plays, but he's probably not going to play. In that case, it'll be the Jaguars for all of us. Uh, moving on here. Now, let's talk about a real football game. The Green Bay Packers travel to Arizona to face the Cardinals. <clears throat> and, um, you know, there would be, if that game on Sunday night ended, you know, two and a half minutes earlier, uh, or they pulled their starters and Honey Badger never got hurt, Mm. Uh, there is no way I would pick against the Cardinals because they're playing so damn well. But this leaves the door open for them potentially to go through uh, some growing pains as they adjust to. I know, Wes, I think you said they have a replacement that is a a nice replacement level type guy, but you're not replacing Honey Badger. I think that this could be something that they have take time to figure out. The Packers, meanwhile, you know, they are they're 10 and four. They have an outside chance of, of catching Arizona. Uh, to be the uh, second seed. So this game is – Green Bay has a lot to play for, and Arizona has some stuff they got to work out now. Tyron Matthew has been one of the best players in the NFL, but don't get caught up in his name. Rashad Johnson is also one of their best defensive players. Missed last week's game, and they blew the Eagles out. I mean, they're going to plug someone in who can play football. Justin Bethel is very good. 
and the Packers are a flawed team. When's the last time this offense came out and in the first half showed a good passing game and a strong running game together? It's been it's since been a long what? Time. September? September? Yeah. September. Yeah. I, I I can't take the Packers as a serious threat to come into Arizona and beat the Cardinals until they start playing like the Packers. And they haven't in three months. They well, haven't, but they have the talent that I always give them a chance, and I would do this in the playoff too, that the talent on both sides of the ball, it, I think they have enough that they could play a great game and then suddenly it just clicks. I yeah. think they have that chance. Yeah, you got. The, they, are, they have the number five scoring defense against an Arizona offense that I don't think it matters what your scoring defense is playing the Cardinals. Uh, the, the, the Packers, I'm not going to sit around and wait for them to suddenly flip the switch at this point. And, I, and I've and i kept saying that and thinking that over and over. Oh, now Eddie Lacy's healthy. Oh, now Mike McCarthy's calling the plays again. Mm. Oh, fill in the blank. The next thing is going to happen. James Jones wearing a hooded sweatshirt. Well, I don't – at this <laughs> point – it, it's, they are who they are. And I, I Cardinals think the are Cardinals, a better team in every way. That's exactly Absolutely. right. And, they, and they've got a ton to play for. If the Cardinals ever lost this, and you got to go play the Seahawks next week, and if anything happened in that game, mm. you can lose your bye. So the Cardinals aren't coasting here. It's not just uh, you know roll to the finish. You've got to take this game. You're right about the Packers. That I think we all gave them plenty of rope and plenty of re, you know benefit of the doubt to shake shake out of their midseason slump. But it's carried on too far now. And even the win against the Raiders, you know, they took care of business and everything. But still, there were cracks showing there, too. This seems like a flawed team uh, that's going to head into the playoffs, and there's going to be multiple teams that are just flat-out better than them. That they have Aaron Rodgers, who's was our consensus number one quarterback in the league by far coming into the season, and certainly after September. And two, we've just seen it too many times. I mean, the Giants going into week 16 of either of their Super Bowl runs, the Packers going into week 16 of their Super Bowl one run was were not playing well. So we've seen it too many times that I can't count them out. But in this game, there is no reason to believe that that the Cardinals would blow it. Packers don't have the best quarterback in this game. Not no. this year. No. I'm just talking right now, not entering as the well season, as Carson not past Palmer's years. Play, yeah. Palmer is playing lights out. Number one on the old QB index. Uh, and one of the reasons he's number one is that offensive line, which they completely rebuilt on the fly. Steve Kime deserves a lot of credit. Valdir turned out to be a great signing. I mean, they have played outstanding. How cool is Honey Badger, by the way? Wednesday morning, he's out on the field coaching up their defensive backs with a torn ACL. Hmm. Remember, this was a guy that – Nobody wanted to draft because right. he was such a bonehead. Well, in his response right after he got injured in the days since, I think we see what kind of a character he has. I mean, he's yeah. certainly – he's grown into someone that anyone would want on the team at this point. He's the guy that – let's and you look at it the other side too. He's the guy – teams will continue to make mistakes drafting poor character guys because they always hope you'll get the honey badger, but it doesn't always work out that way. But he is the exception. I, I think Kime probably thinks – Somewhat like Bill Belichick thinks that if if you love football, that's gonna overtake some of the character stuff, and that's how that's, that's how Belichick's won some of these guys who supposedly didn't have great characters. Mm-hmm. Do you think anything ever like in Steve Kime's life, like whether he hits like a foul shot in his backyard, or he cooks <laughs> like a really good steak, or like you know his wife is like, man, Steve, you're the best, and he's like, Kime time. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. If not, he should take your advice. All right. Let's move on now uh, to a Sunday 425 kickoff on Fox. The St. Louis Rams travel to CenturyLink Field. It's known as the clink, isn't it, Wes? Indeed. Uh, Seattle playing just tremendous football right now. Wiped out the Browns last week, and now they get the Rams 
who are trying to finish the season strong after letting it get away in the midpoint, uh, saving some face, get to that 7-9, and nine, the Jeff Fisher goal of every football season. Uh, but, Wes, when it comes down to it, Russell Wilson is playing incredible. Where's Russell Wilson, by the way, Greg, on your QB index? He's number four behind uh, Brady, Cam, and uh, Carson Palmer. I almost am a little surprised he's not in the top three ahead of Brady. Brady's been playing great. I just I know I just he's made been the whole great, thing. But Russell Wilson's playing almost at a historic level for the last month. I think, yeah, I think Wilson's out, easily outplayed him over the last month. But Brady was my number one with by by a solid margin for the first half of the season. About the whole year, and he's still playing well, and he's still playing great. So uh, w- Wilson had a pretty decent dip around week four to nine or so. So I like you're just showing that when it comes to your QB index. You don't, you know, get too hyped up about what you just saw. No recency bias, Greg's saying. This is about the whole picture. Wow, number four in a season where some top-level quarterbacks are playing outstanding. That's uh, that's pretty good. Yes, exactly. So now uh, the Seahawks have a chance to move to 10-5. and five. Uh, I guess at this point they're just trying to solidify getting the five seed over the six, which would mean that would set them up potentially to face the Redskins or the Eagles or perhaps the Giants. So you really do want that number five seed uh, because you want to bang that NFC East team uh, mm. in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, that's a nice little way to start your playoff run. And Seattle has a good chance starting with a mediocre Rams team. I'm waiting for Greg to jump in and say the Rams are the favorites in this game. No, stop. <laughs> I know they won in week one. It is a division game. You could always count on one West dig about the Rams with Greg. I mean, come on. They've been mediocre for, what, a decade, and Greg loves them. Hey, they just uh, took care of the, you know, they, they routed the best 5-9 and nine team in NFL history, the Detroit <laughs> Lions, and uh, then ended the Buccaneers' playoff hopes. They're just crushing dreams out there on the way to seven wins. <laughs> well, they'll get their seven because they play the 49ers in, in the season finale. There you go. But they're not – I mean, come on. What are their chances of winning this No, they almost nothing. What Seahawks, better way? The X are very possibly the best team in the NFL when they're right now in Seattle. What better way, if it is the last game for the Rams in St. Louis, for, for it to end than just a 7-9 uh, and nine banger? There is no better way. Throw a parade You've right under the arch. Found the perfect narrative. <laughs> Mark's ready to go downstairs. No, I'm not. I, I, it's the Rams. I mean, Seattle, just like we talked about a team like the Cardinals. Not to say anything. I think Seattle's not about to drop drop the deal here. Okay, they, I know, got you. Russell Wilson's playing too well, and the Rams, come on. They are. Okay, we're trying to get you that plane. I got to get I gotta. All fight. right, let's go to the next game. All right, let's move on. <laughs> this is Sunday night football. It got flexed. Uh, it would have helped if the Giants would have finished that comeback against the Panthers last week. It would have been really saucy. Uh, but the New York Giants potentially with Odell Beckham, potentially without as of right now, the appeal hearing, uh, we don't know. We haven't heard for sure which which way that went. So Beckham uh, could play in this game, but right now he's not. He, they are facing the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Vikings team at 9-5. and five. They have just about, they probably, you would think, Greg, by Sunday night will probably be uh, locked into a playoff spot. Yes, because the Falcons... You know, they want the Falcons to lose, the Bucks. That's why the, the NBC really – this worked out poorly because they are rooting hard for the Redskins to lose on Saturday night because the Giants could be eliminated by this game. This game could have no juice. No, no juice Ooh. at all. It's Except possible. Or it could have a lot of juice. Seed. Or it could have a lot of juice. It's better than the alternative, which was something Pittsburgh, grim. Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. 
So uh, it's, it was probably the right move, even if they don't have a lot of options. But uh, here we are, Teddy Bridgewater coming off the best game of his career. He was almost Phil Simsian in uh, Super Bowl <laughs> 21. Uh, four touchdowns, three incompletions, uh, passer rating over 150. So, listen, Wes, what? I'm just picturing Teddy Bridgewater in 25 years as an announcer dropping malapropisms all over oh. the place. <laughs> um, <but laughs> GM. Saying that the receivers uh, were not open. The receivers have never oh. been open in a Phil Simms game. That's why the quarterback has, has not done it, something correctly. He, the not, receivers are never, ever open. I'm not saying he doesn't know football, but it's amazing to me how many times he's just flat out wrong per game. He took a lot of hits in his career. Bad show for Phil Simms. <laughs> I, there was a there was a play in the Jets Cowboys game which they called, where Phil it was a pass that was dropped by a receiver, <laughs> and Sims got three things wrong on the replay. I remember in the thirty play. seconds. He said it was a, a bad pass. It was right on the money. He said that uh, it was I think pass interference or something. There was no interference. He said that he didn't get his hands up in time. It hit him right in the hands. It was like he tripled up. It was a, you know, it was quite a, I was almost impressed by it. It's I, like the so. triple crown of mistakes in announcing. He nailed it. He had a home run. I might have to put that in end What I like about Dan is that any critique of any announcer is sort of a ghosting attempt to lift Mike Tirico just up a little bit <laughs> higher. <laughs> Mike had another good game on Monday. He did. And, and I meant you don't, to, you don't uh, even need to write say another it. letter to him to thank him for it <laughs> next uh, week. Yeah, but next week we'll do it. The uh, Vikings, by the way, will have Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr and Linval Joseph all together on the field for the first time in a month. So the backbone of getting defense. healthy. That is big news for them. And if you're looking at and they played two good weeks in a row, if this doesn't uh, play out and there's not a lot to play for in this game, you still have Adrian Peterson trying to win another rushing title. Uh, maybe one day he can join Brandon Marshall in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know what? We've overlooked the Vikings are trying to stay in the NFC North race and win that division. Set That's up absolutely a, a, true. A, you know, right. Week 17 winning in, which is pretty likely to happen. Uh, if they can, if they win this game, they'll they'll be playing for a division title in Week 17. I have a Christmas gift for Vikings subreddit. They may have been the most snubbed team in the Pro Bowl. Oh, Linval Joseph they, they and were. Harrison Smith. Come on, how do they not make it? And Anthony that Barr. Well. And think, Anthony Barr. I think Barr out of the three of well, all three of them, especially. They were Joseph. snubbed. They, they deserve better. You know, the Packers are such a weird team, too, that – and I, I – yeah, Greg, thank you for mentioning that because that this game could have a huge impact because the Packers can easily go down in Arizona. If the Vikings take care of business against a Giants team that can't figure out how to close games – then they go to Green Bay in Week 17, and do you really trust the Packers to definitely take care of business in that game? Definitely, they couldn't no. even beat the Bears on Brett Favre night on Thanksgiving. Pa- the Packers are vulnerable, baby. That's fair. That's fair, dog. We'll see what happens. We all pick the Vikings uh, to put the heat on. Uh, finally, Monday Night Football: the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. But we're not going to see Peyton Manning, and we're not going to see Andy Dalton. It's another Brock Osweiler start. Uh, Manning will be inactive. Uh, and not only will the Bengals not have Andy Dalton, who has the fractured thumb, they won't have Tyler Eifert. A little troubling. He's sitting out. Another. Rand Getlin, our own Rand Getlin of NFL Media, uh, reporting that he'll be held out of this game and potentially the rest of the regular season to make sure he's right for the playoffs. So that is a major red zone weapon that will be missing in this game for – Let's face it, A.J. McCarron, uh, a young quarterback who will be going into a tough spot in Denver. But he can't use – I don't think they can use quarterback as an excuse, uh, either team. 
but especially the Broncos. I mean, McCarron is in his second year. He has less experience even than Osweiler. So it comes down to what who has the more complete team. And these are two of the uh, teams in the league that have been really in our top five all year. But I think the Bengals are more complete. And it's so weird. This is the biggest – I think this is the biggest game of the season in terms of playoff impact. I mean, this is the most meaningful game that we've had yet. And yet it's McCarron and Osweiler. It's a fascinating game because – Osweiler looked lights out in the first half last week and stumbled in the second half. And McCarron looked, I thought, looked great against the 49ers front seven that came to play last week. He he popped off some really good throws down the field and managed a good game. This And, you know, look at the Bengals' defense, too. Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlap, Vontez Perfect is playing great. And it's not a lock that the Broncos' defense is going to outplay the Bengals' defense in this game. It's also not just the last game for Osweiler. Like, over the last three – his passer rating in the second half collectively dropped by 75 points. Mm. They haven't scored at touchdowns in the second keep, half. Keep talking about this game. I'm calling my Uber right now. <laughs> I know. We, we got to no, the go big ahead. game. I'm, so, well, I'm, we will. Fa- it's I'm fascinated by it. Like yeah. Greg said, it's it's worth a lot. And, and I think it's hard to pick which team's better in this game. You you don't know which quarterback's going to show up. Well, and, and we've, we've talked about it downstairs a lot. I don't know if we have on the – show that, you know, the Broncos, they lose this game. They lose control of the AFC West. Suddenly they're a potential five seed or six seed going on the road in the first week. Now that might not be bad if you're the five seed going to the AFC South, but if they lose this game, they lose control of even having a playoff spot. They'll know on Monday night, some of the scenarios will be more defined than they are right now, but they could fall right out of the playoffs, which is crazy for a team that we were talking about as the potential number one seed two weeks ago. I think the Bengals are just the better team. I agree. I don't even know who I picked in this, but I'll pick Cincinnati if I if I happen to do something else. Well, you else didn't downstairs. pick Cincinnati. You picked the Broncos. Well, but that's that all. That's that just happened before. But I that's kind of why it fascinates me because after watching the 49ers game, I thought the Bengals were the better team too. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos just flat out shut McCarron down either. Yeah, because we don't have enough. We don't know enough about McCarron at this point. I think Osweiler, and we don't know if Osweiler is even healthy. You have to factor in what happened to his shoulder uh, potentially into why his stat, he was two different quarterbacks uh, last week. But I I find it hard to imagine McCarron having luck against that Denver defense. But at home, I mean, in Denver, that's going to be a tough, really tough matchup. That's going to Demarcus Ware is healthy. Malik Jackson played great last week. There's a lot going on with that Broncos defense. My Uber driver is named Todd. <laughs> Todds are still, what's, you know, what's he driving there? Huh? Could be Todd Morenovich for all we Sebring. Know. That was the Michael Scott car. Oh, for, how many? How many minutes away? He's, Four minutes. Huh. I take Uber all the time. Four is. I mean, I usually get him in two. Well, you know what? Maybe they uh, knew I'm that we were talking in, about a big game, and they were giving you a little. Like, well, I think you got to wrap this like show. Yeah, well, rating. That's that might be a possibility as well. <laughs> What's that? I said you might have like a three-star rating, so they choose not to pick you up. Whoa, 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 whoa! Is there well, a way I to c- check that? I think there's a potential that Dan's rating has taken a few hits uh, based on some late-night cabs oh, that people, we've taken. Oh, people like me. I'd lose the headset and start walking out of the studio. Yeah. That's what I'd do. Uh, yeah. So that is it. That's all the games uh, in Week 16. And um, so, yeah, that's it. So it's it's it, we just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Uh, if you don't celebrate Christmas, uh, enjoy your Friday. Well, enjoy your time off. You're probably off of work. It's that's true. It's a family. It actually falls on a good a good day this year, too. Uh, it's on a Friday. So you know, everybody's going to have a long weekend unless you work in the service industry or for the NFL. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of different. And you're banged. Yeah, then the NBA could be even. 
the NBA would be Ooh. bad. NBA.com on Christmas. That's like their big day. You know that who, feels you know who's not taking three days off? Mike Tirico. He's studying for Monday night. <laughs> I can guarantee you that. we got to get Mike on the show. We know that Mike Tirico likes to have his fun, too. Well, that's fair. Um, all right. <laughs> so, yes, thank you for everyone for listening. We'll be back on Sunday night with our flagship program, the Week 16 Recap. Until then. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, Big B behind the glass. Working on the nickname. I'll take that. All right. Until Sunday. Hi and hello, football fans, and happy holidays. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Dave Damashek Football Program. We're making our Week 16 picks with the director of the Big Short, Adam McKay. Let's drink to that, handsome. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.